Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find opinion articles, podcasts, including ours truly, and also modalidades, if you will. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Uh, where you can get merch, you can sign to get exclusive content and share your Benfiquism. Ser Benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. É que há gente que é que crê, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É um pouco paixão para a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. É de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Fica podcast. My name is Alfredo, as always, bringing you episode number 432. Uh, with me tonight, I don't have the Oliveras, but I have something much stronger, the Carvalho. What's going on, Timo? It's been a while, brother. Hey, what's going on, Alfredo? Thanks for, thanks for having me on. No problem, man. It's always a pleasure. I mean, I think you're probably one of the oldest listeners of the show probably if i could remember if i could recall Peggy. um yeah pet Peggy's out there but i think that you were part of that initial group that whole twitter family that then erupted the Benfica twitter family that erupted you were i think you were one of the founding founding fathers if you want to say it <laughs> take that as an honor i guess yeah man so good to have you um as i mentioned the olivers are not here uh they're okay uh but they're just not here today so just just me and you i think we will we can handle this we can handle this um on tonight's podcast episode number 432 as i mentioned we'll look uh, back to the past freda uh win at started to lose first game of uh, of the new year uh we'll look ahead to Moreirense, which comes up this saturday at started to lose once again a, a consecutive second consecutive game uh for benfica at started to lose and we will um we will talk about uh Rui, Rui Costa I almost said Rui Vieira <laughs> we, we, we will we will talk about uh Rui Costa's um he's going to publicly speak tomorrow uh so uh Timo and I are, are going to uh discuss uh what we expect and as I was mentioning to Timo before we came on live. It's like, it's probably going to be nothing. Uh, whatever he says, nothing that like we expect. So, or everything we would expect <laughs> if it was Vieta. Right. <laughs> That's right. Which is um, why you had the Freudian slip. Yeah. So I want to, <laughs> exactly that those Freudian slips are for, aren't for anything. Um, want to welcome all the Freddies, Pedro Aresta, uh, Bruno Singer, Carlos Amaro, Dr. Spartan 99. Uh, welcome. And uh, thanks for, for, for joining us. We're just uh, getting this started as you guys uh, came in. Uh, so let's uh, let's get into this uh, Pas Freire game. Uh, last game of the first uh, first round, or uh, Primera Volta. Um, Benfica had already played Pas Freire once this, um, this season for the Portuguese Cup, in which uh, Benfica won 4-1. Uh, Pas Freire uh, had just... Uh, changed coaches, Cesar Peixoto, 
who we know as Benfiquistas, which I, you know, every time I hear it says a Peixoto, you know what I think about Timo? I think about the status that Andre Almeida has now. Back then it was exactly. says a Peixoto, right? Perfect. Because we thought this guy has to have some pictures on JJ because we yep. couldn't figure out why yep. Cesar Peixoto got that much playing time. Um, but Both yeah, of them you... had the same thing in common. Poli Valencia could put him anywhere. Peixoto <laughs> would play all over the pitch as well. He would so play. They, yeah, you're, you're right. Same exact thing. Yeah. Um, Peixoto had just taken over Paso Freire. He was They were coming off uh, two straight wins. Uh, Benfica with um, some players that were that were out as of uh, from COVID. Six COVID cases uh, for Benfica. I'll give you the lineup. Uh, Elton Late was in goal. Vlacodim was obviously out uh, because of COVID. Elton Late made his debut for the league. Gilberto Otamendi, Murato and Grimaldo. Uh, Weigl, João Mario, Rafa and Everton. Ramos uh, behind Seferovic or next to Seferovic. Depends on how you want to look at it. Um, before we... Timo, let me ask you uh, this. Otamendi and Morato, this was the second time they played as uh, as, a, as a tandem. Um, looking at Morato's performances, and this kid's kind of been a rookie he's this year he's been flying kind of flying under the radar but he's put in some solid performances definitely as a player for the future at this point is this a player that we need to give time ahead of perhaps Vertonghen because he is the future why sacrifice his evolution if he keeps putting on good performances what do you think uh, 100% I think it's time to uh you know let me take a step back. Benfica fans, you know, many of us are wanting Seychelles products or the younger guys to get in more. Um, I agree with that in a sense, not in totality like some others would. But Morato is one of those cases where I think from what we've seen, I think it's his. He should be the one to lose it right now. Um, it's not taking anything from Vertonghen. I love the guy. I just think Morato offers a little bit more in physicality, more speed. They both, I think, pass the ball really well. Um, only thing Vertonghen has over Murato at this point, I think, is probably the experience. Yeah. And may, maybe leadership, but, you know, how much leadership does he have there? Yeah, and, and we often we, uh, we often hear about uh, guys that, especially in the B team, the younger kids that don't want to sign a renewal – uh, and all of a sudden they get benched. And the approach by the coach is always like, well, if he doesn't want to commit his, their future to Benfica, why should I be giving them playing time, right? Because if he's not going to be here, I'd rather give it to other guys. And this is somewhat of a, the dynamic, right? So if Murato is is uh, the future, and more or less we've been seeing him uh, deputizing for Vertonghen and deputizing for Otamendi, and he's always done well. And since he's the future, why should we stunt his growth? That's uh, it might be a controversial decision, but certainly something based on his performances that he would warrant. Again, you know, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, we've done that all too many times. I think at Benfica, you know, we had Conti who had you know a few really good games, and then all of a sudden he got pushed aside. Fell, who had half a season, was it, that he was excellent? I know he got injured towards the end, and then that kind of derailed him. But, you know, we never went back to him other than a few minutes here and there. Um, Morato hasn't really shown 
you know, a, a bad performance so far. I mean, he's had a couple that were just, you know, look like we would say with under Almeida, you know, they were average, you know, they were, yeah. they were good, uh, but nothing great. But, you know, a couple of them now have been really, really good. And I, I, I'm just not sure what else he's going to have to do in order to get that spot. I mean, we saw Andrade Almeida playing in the three-man back for so long when this guy has cle- clearly shown that he's a center back. <laughs> he yeah. can actually play, you know? So. He could play, man. Uh, you, you know what I what I really enjoy about Muratu is uh, he has this – He's an imposing figure, right? He's a tall Massive. guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's like a house, but mm-hmm. his, his demeanor is very very calm. And I don't know it's if it's because he's he's a young player, so he's very subdued to the to the veterans on the team. Uh, he doesn't really have a voice per se on the team, so he's, he always seems very calm. And I think that I I kind of like that. I like to look at a center back and not see a look of either fear or mm-hmm. hesitation or nervousness in, in their eyes. And when you look at Mure, uh, at Muratu, um, you kind of have that feeling. Uh, and, and, that, and that kind of leaves me comfortable in terms of Muratu. Yes, he ha- definitely has that confidence uh, feel to him. Um, never looks nervous. And you can tell even when he's on the, on the pitch and he's coming forward. So a lot of times, you know, he has to come up and, you know, make a tackle or, you know, just kind of make a block on a run on a counter. And he comes up without fear. Sometimes somebody a little more hesitant. You had that with Fellow for a little while where he would just kind of shy back and let the play come to him instead of him stepping forward. I think when you have a guy who's not afraid to do that, I think it's really, really good. I think we need to, if we're going to do a two man back, it's got to be him and Arthur Mendy for now until. Yeah. Until Verissim comes. And look, I, I appreciate everything that Otamendi has done for, for Benfica, obviously. But you got to think that maybe he has another year in him at this level, if that, right? Um, so, I, I don't know. Uh, I just he, he has brought so much to this to this Benfica team to leadership. And I wish that he, he probably had been on this team a couple of years back. Uh, so we could be a leader in the locker room. Not that he isn't right now, but perhaps the those when other leaders. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with that. He's uh, the Ruben Deer sale hurt because you know you were losing a young leader who was already ready to be the leader. Obviously, yeah. he would never have been the leader here because of the other two that you know you didn't mention, but you kind of did. Um, <laughs> I think Otamendi came in here being that guy who everybody already knew and respected had the age had the qualifications i know i was bummed seeing him coming you know on the flip side of ruben Dias, but let me tell you after that first thought where i think i gave him a little bit of it wasn't the first maybe the second one where he got a yellow or a red kind of gave him a little bit of trash trash talk but since then and so many others did that no i know but i mean i'm speaking for myself but the man has come back and i mean he's won me over Nobody should ever wear the, the Brasadeira over him right now, yeah. in my opinion. I, I, I'm with you, man. And the, the the good thing that he did is, like, he committed those faux pas, right, in the beginning. Yep. And everybody got on him. Oh, yep. this guy's Perfect. a fraud. He's here to yep. sabotage. And he was he was a, a big man about it. He came out. Mm-hmm. Yep. I apologize. I'm going to work harder. And, you know, I'm going to be the best that I can be to defend the colors of this team. And, hey. Great, great attitude. 
great attitude and that's a manly attitude to have mm -hmm. of a professional and a guy that's there to defend the colors and to defend the team. Uh, so I had no problem with that. Um, but, but yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Uh, I think you should be a captain every time, every time, whether Almeida and PT are on the field, that's the guy that deserves the, uh, the, the Brasadera. But anyway, let's, uh, let's get into this game. Um, Good start. I thought that if he could play it okay in the first half, it's mm -hmm. just uh, again um, missing a lot of wasted opportunities. Um, first 15 minutes, the team pressed mm -hmm. high. They try to get the ball back as 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 quick as possible, uh, and then after the 15 20 a minute, there was a little bit of a drop. The team lowered a little bit of lines. Pasfreda got a little bit into the game, but Benfica, I I thought that there was there was some some improvement there. I'm not going to say quality and that I'm swept off off of my feet obviously it's it's too early to, for for that to to be happening under Verissimo if he is to bring anything but certainly um a good a decent first half a decent first half by Benfica that um it, to me the only thing that you're short is is going into the locker room or nothing what would what, you think of the first half Timo I thought I, I'll say the first 20 minutes of the game I thought oh goodness, we're going to easily trash this team. You know, making chances, uh, playing really well on the left-hand side. I thought the first 20 minutes of the game was the best 20 minutes I've ever seen of Everton, either ever in a Benfica uniform or, you know, of late. I think when he first came on, he had a little bit of those flashes. But I thought this pre this Pasta game was just like lights out for the guy. Um, you know, some of the misses that we had were criminal. No, it, like you yeah. have to at least put that on goal. I mean, how do you miss wide open, you know, headers missing wide, uh, hitting it right at the keeper? I, I, I mean, there's certain things that I just, I was kind of like, oh my goodness, like what is going on here? But um, I thought the team actually did play really well. And I, I think one of the indicators of Benfica playing well is, you know, the goalkeeper not really doing a damn thing in the game. <laughs> You're I, right. I, I don't think Helton ever you know, touch the game, the first 45, the, the first, maybe, the first 45. Now he was may, a spectator, maybe once, maybe the ball came towards him once, but I, yeah, they think just totally dominated and controlled the game. Yeah. No. And, and look, uh, I think that um, the one, nothing right at the, at the closing um, of the first half, uh, obviously following um, the ejection by the Pasfeda guy for, for dangerous uh, play. Um, I thought that helped the team because after you go through a half like that and you don't score, there may be a little bit of anxiety that may set in in a second half. Uh, and I thought that the goal came came at the right time. Um, Much needed. Yeah, let, let's Timo. Let's talk about because you and I have, have done some some refereeing, obviously not a, at a very high level. Uh, but let's let's talk about this play in which the Pasfreda uh, player uh, got ejected, right? So you want to start with the first one, uh, his <laughs> well, first foul, his first foul on uh, Everton that wasn't called. His first foul is a foul. It's clear the first as that. It's a yellow. He, I mean, it's been a yellow in every other game except for ours. Yeah. You know, he, the ball was by him, and he just stomped on his foot. Yeah. Well, the thing with the with the foot, and you you know this. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you step on somebody's foot uh, in the run of play or in a 50-50, it's it's very tough. Yeah, you could you could say yeah, it's it's a yellow card foul, right? But 
it's not so much as a violent behavior as it is studs up above the ankle exactly. studs up on your achilles studs up on your on your calf that's that's completely different once yep. once you leave that area of the ankle down now you you, you got to as a referee you got a total different interpretation Correct. like why the heck is this foot this high yeah and even people are complaining about the the otamendi mm-hmm. play right where yep. we we stepped on a guy we got a yellow you got a yellow that's that's yeah. all you could get for a, exactly. play, a play like this now i'm watching this play right and i'm thinking well it's really unfortunate right because it's one of those things that you go for a 50 50 ball and you go with everything with mm-hmm. no intent to pass the ball to do to even yep. clear the ball you just go on a smash right and you could tell by is is leg swinging motion and follow through of the the violence, if you yep. could say that, a violence yep. of of the kick, right? And he's unfortunate because he he misses, and I forget who the player was that he was disputing the ball with, but he misses that player, and then Grimaldo is coming across, and the follow through hits Grimaldo on the shoulder. Yep. So in a way, he was he was a bit unfortunate, but what you look at here is, ex- as a referee, excessive force. That's what you look at. So you look at excessive force and then you also look at recklessness. You know, you have to be in yeah. control of your body at all times. And I get it. It's he's he swung with everything he had to try and get rid of that ball. He really did. And you can tell that there was no malice or intent for him to do that. But no. there doesn't need to be intent. Anytime you put another player in a, you know, dangerous position or where you can injure the player. Typically, that's going to be a red card in almost any league you play in. Um I had a back and forth with quite a few people. I think one of them might have been Carlos. and Carlos Amaro? Yeah, I want to say we had a little bit going back and forth on it. A resident scientist? So I think it wasn't a clear red card. No, it wasn't. Like you need to – like the ref really needs to look at it. So if the ref came out right away and gave him the red, I'd be like, oh, man, that's harsh. But now if VAR is the one intervening and saying, hey, look, you know, you might want to take a peek at this. You know, this guy really had no regard for anyone else, you know, where their positioning was. I think you should take another look. So I think at that point you say, all right, the red card is okay. I'm not saying it's a guarantee or a must. It needs to be a red. I don't think so. But then again, there's a a lot of plays like that. And even some of these stomps that people say, oh, that should be a red. No, I mean – Again, you got to take into context what was that player doing? You know, Otamendi swinging for the ball, and where where else is he going to put his foot? He's got to come down, right? right? You have to, because that's gravity. Now, with the other guy, he's swinging full force, and he's literally coming like this with his foot. That's you know that's dangerous. You're putting somebody else in danger with that. Yeah. yeah. So I think the red I, is okay. He was unfortunate that Grimaldo just happened to be coming across. Yeah. Otherwise, he, he doesn't even pick up a. I don't even know if he picks up a yellow on that. No, no. If there's nobody there, there's no need for a yellow. I right, mean, because he, he when when he kicks and he swings his leg, he completely yep. misses the ball yep. uh, or the player that he was that he was disputing the ball with. Um, but I, I I thought that well, this this could go either way. I mean, we've seen uh, Taliska get studs in the face against Braga, and. The guy didn't even get a red. I mean, Julie, a much, a much worse. Julius says it with the studs on the inner thigh. Right. Nothing. Right. So, 
some but of those just, plays, it's kind of like like the Julio Cesar one I get. Like, you know, the guy's coming in, going for the ball. I mean, that's dangerous going into the guy, but, you know, he's trying to win the ball, trying to, you know, chip it over him, whatever. You have nowhere else to go. Some of those plays are ticky-tacky, and it all depends on how the ref looks at it. And I, that's why I think I said to Carlos, it's like a lot of this is up to the interpretation yeah. of the ref. I don't think I said that to him. I think I just said it in general. Yeah, and it, it really is, man. And, and you know, a, a, as a referee, and I don't want to bore people too much about this. As a referee, um, it's all about interpretation. It's all about yeah. the angle. Obviously, with the VAR and having different looks at it, it opens up your perspective a, a lot a lot more. But in a run of play, I thought that was just unfortunate. And it could have, I could, you could have gotten away with a yellow, and I, I think I would have been okay. Yeah, I think uh, at first glance, I would agree with that. But yeah. once you start seeing a couple more, I mean, I think the guy also needs, as he's coming through the ball, you, you should be a little bit aware of what's coming around you. Not saying, you know, he's swinging this way and Grimaldo's coming out from his blind side. Yeah, obviously he's not going to see Grimaldo there, but I, I get it. And I totally agree yeah. with, with you on that one. Yeah, so let let him cry, Timo. Let him cry. Um, so second, second, half, uh, second half started. Uh, and uh, second half, we have a little bit of a scare, right? Because Helton, who had been a spectator for most of the first half, was called into action. And, and look, and I'm not saying that Helton is a is a is a world class keeper, but any any decent keeper, when you spend most of the game as a as a spectator, and Timo, you know this because you, you actually play a keeper. Yep. When you call into action, you have to be ready. There's no yep. such thing as, oh, I'm cold. I don't have the reflexes. You got to be be ready. And, and, and I thought that was an excellent save on his part. Definitely a good save. And I totally agree with you when it comes to, uh, you know, being a spectator for a little while. It happened to me last night. I was a specta spectator for about 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, you know, I got a two-on-one coming at me. So I was like, Ugh, and I missed it. But, I mean, we still won the game. But that's not – we're not discussing yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely hard. He made a good save. You know, that's that's the important part. Um, I know he gets crucified a lot too, especially by me. But, um, you know, he, he did his part and we got the W. Yeah. Um, again, with the with – the, I remember Ramuj missing a really good opportunity after he had a, a good play and a cut inside. And then he just, he just tried to – he just tried to kill the ball. Didn't he have uh, one he tried to chip too? Yeah, he had one that he tried to chip also. Uh, and then and then and then Darwin came in. Darwin came in for Ramush, and if Ramush was having a bad night, you know, Darwin, that one that he that he misses at the end of the of the ha of of the game, man. How do you? That's like blooper reel type stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I man, I had us missing maybe six solid chances that probably should have been buried. And I know some people said we could have maybe had eight goals. I initially said four. I think four of them were like 100% guaranteed to be goals. Um, maybe possibly six. Who knows? But some of them were definitely, definitely criminal. Uh, the four, the I know around the 40th minute or so, he had one that he hit the crossbar. That yeah. was Hamush. But, I mean... The keeper's already coming down. You got the whole back post open. You yeah. don't need power there. Nice little finesse shot, and it's yeah. guaranteed goal. There's nobody around you, and he just hammered it. There's no need. Yeah, 
And the thing about about Hummus is that the one thing that we praise about Hummus all the time is is the fact that he's he's a very good finisher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for Portugal and, this, and even for the B team. Oh yeah, and this this yeah. would have been a perfect opportunity, and it I think it right falls right in his wheelhouse in terms of the execution that it could do from yep. from that close, right? Yep. Um, so I think that there's a little bit of anxiety to the kid. Um, he's getting opportunities now with Verissim because Verissim. Uh, knows his style of play better. He appreciates the youth as well. Than JJ, right? Yeah. Uh, so now that he's getting these opportunities, he feels that he doesn't know when his next opportunity is gonna is gonna come, right? Because mm-hmm. Yaramchuk came out of COVID. Uh, Seferovic is playing. Darwin came out of uh, of of the cut in his and his foot. So he really is, he's rushing things to to make an impact and to give his contribution. And he's he doesn't really need to do that. Yeah. Because I think that there's a lot of minutes that he could get in terms of a utility player, in terms of a player that could come with his with his speed in the second half and, and change some things around. Um, but he's just he's just rushing things. Totally. Um, I, I think at this point he's looking, hey, you know, I might be number four in a depth chart. I'm getting my shot now. Let me try and take as many as I can. Maybe if I bag a couple of goals, you know, I'll get, you know, some more minutes in the next game. I think that's kind of what he's trying to look at at this point. But, um, I mean, I don't think he really has a worry about getting minutes or not because we're not seeing Seferovic bag his goals. Darwin is hit or miss. And to this point, I think Yarmchuk is not what I thought he was going to be. You yeah. know, I thought he'd be more of our, you know, Mitroglou type of guy and be there for all those goals. But I think at this point, I think Gonzalo Ramos just needs to chill and let it yeah. go to him. You know, there was a couple of plays that I really thought he needed to do better in the first half where I think it was around the 30, 31st minute or so. He was on the left-hand side and he cut back in and he made a pass. I don't know if it was into Juan Mario's path or if it was into somebody else's. Perfect. He had a huge gap. He put it behind them. Like he just smashed yeah. it behind him instead of a nice little layoff. I mean, it would have been an easy point-blank goal, but he just he overdid it. You know, he had zero reason to yeah. rush, but he did. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that um, he'll be given more time. I um, think so too. I think he'll be given more time. Uh, and I, I, the thing with Yaramchuk is that I haven't given up hope of Yaramchuk because I thought that Yaramchuk wasn't being deployed in the right manner. Um, okay. And JJ was always so stubborn with it's it's this is my system and these guys have to fit within my system and from what we've heard from verissimo so far it seems that he's always saying well we got to look at the players and see how the players are or if we need exactly. to adapt the, the system to the players right and, and look two games in and you're you're already starting to see uh or, or th- yeah two games in we, you're already starting to see everything improving and if it was mm-hmm. something that Chris and I always talked about was like, well, everything is not producing like we know he, he can, right? But how much of that has to do with the fact that he has I think it was more defensive responsibilities, that he has Definitely. to track back, that he has to position himself mm-hmm. on the field differently? We didn't. We don't know that. Exactly. Um, so it, it's like I'm hoping that with Verissim coming in, he could at least exploit um, these players best qualities and the best positions that they that they fit in to take the most out of them so that's why i'm kind of still holding up 
uh, hope for for Yaramchuk, and I don't I don't think Yaramchuk is done is done yet. I mean, I, I haven't given up hope. Um, I, I figured just at this point, you know, he would have already had a little bit more accomplished. Um, I totally agree that I think we've been playing a lot of these guys in the wrong role. You know, with Verismo so far, you know, Everton for sure. I mean, this was his best game, you know, in a long time or ever for Benfica. And I think a lot of that had to do with not having to be there to help or protect Grimaldo, not constantly coming back, you know, not trying to do way too much more than he needed to do. His job right there, hey, be a creative facilitator, do what you got to do. And that's what he did. And he was really good at what he was doing in that game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. And even if you're speaking about Grimaldo, right? Um, oh, he looked really, he looked. It looks more comfortable too, for some reason. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was something that I think that Lodge deployed him in the same manner, right? So instead of having um, Everton come back in and have Grimaldo just open up the whole game, it's what he does... It's where Vigel slides in like Fasia used to, I think. Or he keeps he keeps Everton out wide and, and Grimaldo is free to cut, in, cut inside to combine. And gotcha. he's he's had a lot of success with that in the past. Uh, and I think that it's another guy that we're kind of seeing. I know it's only been two games, but you're kind of seeing the best out of them come out in these in these games. And look, it's against Pas Freire. They were down to 10 men. They didn't really attack a lot. All, all things that you have to take into consideration. But you can't take away the fact that uh, there's guys that have kind of upped their game, if you will, uh, in these past couple couple games, and Grimaldo and Everton being being two of them. Hey, they might just be happy with the coaching change. <laughs> they might just got they might just got tired of of getting yelled at. You know, they they might just be in a happier place right now. And now, like, hey, you know what? This is fun. Yeah, you never know. I found found uh, I found the happiness playing football again. <laughs> you know, it's possible. Um, but yeah, so. Um, Darwin came in for Ramush, then uh, in the 73rd minute, Bernardo came in for Everton, Lazar came in for Gilberto. Um, what do you think? Of, uh, there's a lot of talk uh, about Bernardo, uh, about him uh, having to play. He needs to play. He's a, he's a player that needs to play. There was a, there was a stat on, on goal points that in the 19 minutes that he played or, or whatever minutes he played, he had like a 90-something percentage um pass completion uh he had one one pass for for a dangerous situation mm -hmm. so he had he had good stats he's also a player that plays simple doesn't give up the ball a lot and that may just be something that he comes out of the lot uh, out of the bench uh with instructions to do but but what do you what do you think about uh, bernardo getting more playing time and does that mean that somebody sits the bench or does that mean that verissim little by little changes that midfield duo to a midfield trio? Well, it could go either way, I think. But I think at some point, like, you're going to have to give some of these guys rest, especially Juan Mario. He looked sluggish to me in that first half, of, like the first, like, 20 minutes or so. I know he did his thing like he always does, you know, controls the ball, controls the flow of the game. He always does that even when he looks tired, but he didn't look like he was doing anything extra until the end of the first half when he really started. You really started to see his motor churning. So maybe he was, you know, rusty or whatever. But I think over time we might see him getting a little less minutes, 
You might see Paul Bernard coming in for a few more minutes here and there. Or I think the, the trio is possible. But going back to Bernardo, I think he's a really good player. Um, he's yeah. got good size. Yeah. He's, he's not he's not Joan Felix stature. He's you know, he looks like he's got a decent body. He's him. not a dentist. You know? Yeah, he's definitely not a dentist. I mean <laughs> shit. I mean, Dantish is smaller than me and I'm tiny. Well, height wise. Um but um I think he's you know, like you said, simple. He's that guy. I mean, you might might want to compare him to say Joan Moutinho. You know, yeah. just takes that ball, pings it here and there, knows yeah. how to make the right play, knows how to make the right, you know, drop back, win a couple of balls, made a couple of smart fouls, which you don't see from a lot of players. You know, we were almost giving up a counter. He took a yellow. Hey, he right play. He said, nice. hey, I got to do what I got to do. And he yeah. did it. Um, I just promise for him, I think. I yeah. just hope he, he, he gets put into way more positions to be able to do what he needs yeah. to do. No, I, I agree with you. And, and let's not forget that uh, Jean Mario has also been deployed as as uh, uh, an interior midfield mm -hmm. on the right. Mm -hmm. So not so much centrally. Yep. But I think at Sporting, at times, he played uh, on the side uh, to a role that we've seen probably Pizzi play at some point um, during uh, during Vitoria's uh, reign and also Lodge. So um, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if he uh, if he deploys him like that. But I think that Bernardo and understanding how familiar Verissimo is with Bernardo, there's more of a chance or more of a willingness, if you will, to play Bernardo, um, Paul Bernardo in the in the in the mid middle of the park. So I'm all, I, I'm all for it. I'm all, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm all for it. Um, two nothing uh, in the 75th minute to go by by Grimaldo and and, and Cesar brings up a great point here. Uh, Grimaldo apologized after the first Porto game. He was the guy that was on a post uh, on a post game mm -hmm. flash interview. Um, and look, I, I think that now that Grimaldo has spent this time with the club, he certainly feels the club. He knows what the club is about. He knows what what the moral fabric of the club is. Uh, and certainly, after that Porto game was embarrassing, was it personal for him? Did he say we can't do this? Or is he having a, a a little bit of a rebirth under the new coach? A rebirth. I don't want to say a rebirth. I think rebirth is a little bit too uh, too much. But maybe a refresh, if you will. <laughs> so, it could be either or again. But you know, I think a lot of these players, you know, you know, they have social media presence, and you know, yeah. there's a lot of people who are like really take a lot to heart. I'm not saying that he does. I don't know the guy, but who knows? It's possible that this guy is, you know, reading all of us Benfica's trash him day in, day out, saying this guy can't defend or whatever. And, you know, maybe he does feel it. But, um, no, I I think I think you're going to see, or I'm hoping to see, less PZ, less Almeida. Yeah, I'm, all, I'm in it. You know, but I'm all even in. them, even – I'm hoping for the day when Benfica just says, hey, you know what, guys? Here you go. Here's your six million left we owe you buzz off or whatever just let them go but i think a lot of these guys Hoffa included grimaldo included a lot of these like more little prima donna little guys not speaking satchel wise i'm just saying like prima donnas mm. i think a lot of them are going to mature more and they're going to see hey look you know what this is our job and you know it means a lot to millions of people yeah on how things go game in and game out not even on game day, even just on our social media, yeah. you know, they want us, they want to see us represent the club. They want to see us, you know, promote the club. 
push the club, you know, love the club. Look at Vigo, his posting the, you know, picture of his, his grandmother's his gra- yeah, grandmother yeah. with the, you know, Benfica flag. I'm like, dude, how does that make you feel when you see it? I'm like, this must be in Germany. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, that's what you want out of these players. So maybe he's seeing that. Grimaldo, maybe he's seeing that from a lot of these other guys who are who have just kind of gotten here, you know, like three years, yeah. you know, much, you know, more recent than him. Maybe he's seeing that these guys, hey, look, you know, these guys got it. Why don't I? Yeah, it could, it could be it. Yeah, no, or he just right. wants to earn his next contract because <laughs> could that's be possible too. too. Because I think he's coming up on uh, twenty twenty three, right? Twenty twenty three is his, his contract yep. is up. Yeah, but he. Second goal of the game, and I think that that kind of uh, put things uh, out of the way for Pas Ferreira. Um, an assist by by Seferovic, and, and what a goal by Grimaldo! I don't, I don't think that he knows how to score no. shitty goals. Every single goal, obviously, they're they're always going to be shots from outside the outside the box. But what a goal! Benfica's six thousandth goal uh, in the league, uh, and what a goal it was! Um, so, so certainly, you know, good, good for him, man, and 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 good for Benfica that we were able to um, to score. But Timo, I don't know. As you're watching the game, this is something that that upsets me to uh, to no end, right? Why doesn't the team shoot the ball more? I I hate. I mean, there's no competition or award no. for how many touches you get inside the opponent's box. No, just shoot the fucking ball, man. And you you hear that all the time or you read it all the time on Twitter, these guys want to dribble the ball all the way into the six before they even think of taking a shot. Take the shot from outside. Look how many times that we've been beaten or come close to being scored on by shots outside the box. You got to make the keeper make a save. Yeah. You know, that Grimaldo goal, he had no business shooting it, but the bend he put on that ball, that ball was going straight at the keeper and all of a sudden just, just cut completely to the right. Take a uh, hit. Was... You, don't, you don't know what's going to happen. But no, you don't see anybody shooting other than Tarapt, but he's got no power in his leg. But you have no one who's willing to just take a hit from like 18 yards out. Just hit it. Yeah. Yeah, and it was uh it, you know, it was it was it was quite it was quite something. And we've seen him score those goals. Um I'm gonna bring up here the um Let me see. I'm going to bring up here. I don't have Dave with me, so we're, I'm <laughs> going to. What do you need? I can do it. <laughs> no, I was going. I was going to share. Um, I was going to share my screen. Gotcha. Uh, with the with the stats from 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 goal point uh, window. Uh, Chrome tab. Here it is. Twenty-two shots for Benfica, six of them on goal. Fifty-six actions in the opponent's box. Nine corners, eighty-seven percent, and uh, pass um, accuracy. Seventy-six percent of uh, uh, pa- vertical pass accuracy. Twenty-four um, defensive actions uh, in the opponent's midfield. Seventeen fouls committed. Sixty-six percent. Um, possession so uh, dominating dominating uh performance by by Benfica definitely if you if you're gonna if you're gonna say something I mean you know? first first and second half weren't much different either um possession wise you know or even everything else wise it was a little bit better in second half but not a lot 
So second half possession was 69% versus first being 65. So it's not like, yeah. I mean, the extra man definitely helped with space and everything else, but I mean, it wasn't, yep. wasn't the end all be all. It was, it was a little bit of, it was a little bit of a scare um, with, with that health and save, but, and certainly something that upsets me with this team is like every time another team comes down on a counter or has a set piece that I, I still don't have that secure or or confidence that the defense is going to handle it. Um, so when when Pasquale started attacking, I said, "Oh, oh no, here we go again." <laughs> it was something, one of those feelings, and we we felt them too too long. I thought we were going to get killed on a counter at some point. I'm like, "Oh, we're definitely going to give up one goal." And I mean, if if you follow me on Twitter, which I know you do, and a lot of these other guys do. Benfica matches, I, I almost always bet a three to one scoreline. Yeah. Almost every single time, depending on who we're playing, three to one scoreline. Doesn't matter if it's league <laughs> play, doesn't matter if it's Tasa, it doesn't matter. It's three to one because we're always going to give up a goal. Yeah. And it's that's... it's inevitable. Yeah. And, and talking about those results as we uh as we wrap up uh the talking about the game, I had four nothing, Chris had three nothing, and Dave had three one. Uh, but then again, we didn't we didn't account for the for the Darwin factor to no. play <laughs> to play into it. Uh, but but certainly, uh, you know, it, my man could have had a hat trick easily. Yeah, I think Gonzalo Holmes could have had a hat trick easily too. Yeah, yeah, he should have scored the one that um, that he should have scored our first goal instead of it being a rebound to Juan Mario. He should have scored the one off the crossbar, and I guarantee you, you had another one in there somewhere. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, you know, in 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 Pedro Oresta says here that stats show something completely different from the truth. At least that's the way I saw the game. Certainly, the the, the stats are something that if you look at the stats, right, and you look at the scoreline, you think, oh, you know, maybe Benfica should have won by a lot more because of you know the amount of shots that they had, even though there was only six on goal. Um, but but certainly, it's not the prettiest of football. I gotta say that, but there's you th there's little things that you're already seeing as improvements. You know, even if it's just certain players' behaviors that they're they're happier in in playing their football. Um, in case in point, like we mentioned, Everton and and Grimaldo, um, but certainly not not the prettiest games, and at times at times frustrating because of all the misses. Mm -hmm. uh, because you you just want the team to put the the game away. And you want to relax the second half. You just want to relax. You want to sit there, have your drink, yeah. watch it, not curse at the TV, not curse at the players. Looking at and my damn Fitbit to see <laughs> yeah. where my heart rate's at, feeling my chest about to pop out of my chest, being like, yeah. oh, what the hell? I can just score a goal so this can go away. Yeah, you just no. you just want to relax. You want to have a good rest of the afternoon mm -hmm. uh, watching the game. The game's away. The team is playing well. The team's – certainly it wasn't that. Um and a frustration in terms of the way they were missing opportunities was was up there. Uh, but I don't think it was that bad of a game. So I, I I hear what Pedro is saying, but I think what I take out of this game was we did have a lot of chances, which means we created a lot of chances. You know, a yeah. lot of them really good. I know we had a lot of misses, but we created a lot of that, which in a lot of our games this year, we didn't create much. I felt... Yeah. This game, we actually saw some creativity, and not everything was run down the sideline, cross the ball over, hope, hopefully somebody gets on it. 
try and, you know, cut back in, try and, you know, put it across for somebody. No, we actually had quite a few chances. Yeah. And I, I think that to me was the positive I took out of the match was that, you know, hey, yeah. we actually created quite a bit there. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in Murphy's Law, right? If you're going to create, you will eventually yeah. score them, right? You can't, it, it can't always be create yeah. 20 chances or whatever and you put one away, but, yeah. you know, law of averages. Um, and I get it. As the rest is saying, in the final third, and it's it's that tiki taka and in yep. the box nobody shoots the ball, nope. and sometimes it's 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 too predictable. And when we're playing against the team that has a low lines or a lower block, it becomes more important that you play with pace, you play with accuracy, mm -hmm. that there's a lot of movement in the final third. And I think that's a, a bit of what we're missing at this point. So I get it. And it's frustrating to see that much possession with no end goal. Mm -hmm. Right? With with you know, so I, I get what the what the rest is saying. I certainly do. Um yeah, but three points. Uh in a weekend where Sporting lost, who would have thought that Sporting would have lost? Uh so, <laughs> there you go. So we were able to um to get to to claw back three points from the seven deficit that we had to uh, Sporting, which uh, was tied with Porton. Obviously, mm -hmm. they're no longer. Um, but, Timo, does, does this now all of a sudden give a newfound hope? Because I, I'm thinking that seven points to two opponents that have been very consistent this first round is going to be a very tall order. But now all of a sudden, Sporting drops, sport, drops points, Porto was very close to dropping points, Ooh. right? And and we all know how that that went in terms of that game should have been calls. that game should have been four to three, maybe three to three. I, the offside goal uh, to me was a little iffy. You know, it, those offsides, I I hate the whole giving me a measurement of fourteen centimeters because fourteen centimeters can be my fingernail, or my toenail, or whatever. You know, um, those they're too close. I think the offside rule needs to change a little bit. Um, I think it needs to be a clear, distinct advantage, but how do you determine what a clear, distinct advantage is over yeah. what an actual, you know, by the measurement? Um, so I, I don't know about their offside, but I mean, come on. The goal that they disallowed for the foul, fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Yeah, you can say you can Damn say right. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, Aresh is saying, uh, uh, do you think that, that we win the game if Pastor doesn't see the red card? Uh, yes. I think, I still, think so. I think we still win. Because the volume of chances that we created and the, the misses that we had in the first half mm -hmm. uh, up until uh, they probably would have continued the same way, perhaps yeah. not as frequent, but I, I think that they would have continued the same way. I think they um, would have had a few more chances if, yes. if it was 11 v 11. And it, it, it wouldn't be as hard for us, right? Because yeah. now they're all retracted, the, the lower blocks. So it was a lot harder for us to, to penetrate because they were set up that way. And God knows we've had those difficulties all season playing against teams that, that uh, shack up. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that, um, that they, they would have won the game just because of the, the number of opportunities that, mm -hmm. uh, that we had. Um, so you're still, you still remaining hopeful. There's still a whole half a season to play. I mean, you just never know. I mean, we've done it before. I'm not saying we're going to do it again, but, you know, see what happens. You know, nobody thought it was possible when Brun Lodge came in. Yeah. And it, it's been done. It happened. You know, we've been there. We've done it. So yeah, it, it's it's been done. Albeit not uh, not again, not seven points to two opponents. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it, it, it's like Vrisim says, game by game, we got to do our job, and That's and it. hopefully we'll shorten the distance between us and um and the the teams that are over us. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not forget that all three teams are involved in European competition. That means that once uh, Europe uh, restarts, we're gonna have uh, games midweek. Uh, and Porto yep. may even go further because they're in the Europa League. Uh, I think and- they have a good chance. I know this is not a Porto podcast, but I think in uh, Europa they have a team that just just as well. I, I it's that dog in them. Yeah, so I I think they have I, they have a chance to go f- pretty far if yeah. they keep if they keep Luis Diaz, of course, because if if he's gone, they have no chance. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. And and and, and Timmy, let me ask you this: With the appointment of Verissim, um until the end of the season, did you interpret that as Befica throwing in the towel? I can see how you would say that. I don't think so. Um, I think Benfica at this point brought in somebody who already knew the team. You know, I Verissimo. If if everything we've heard is accurate where the B team should follow along the same style of training regimen as the, the main squad so that players could be interchangeable if needed from the B to the A, um, or if, you know, they're all integrated at some point. I think this kind of made sense to just let him take the reins. You know, yeah. he's already been there before. He's been put in the position before. So I don't think it was throwing in the towel. At least I want to feel that, I guess. Yep. But, um, I just don't think it would have been right to bring somebody in at this point that has no clue. Unless well, maybe was... maybe the guy that you want is not available until the end of the season. That's it's the other thing, too. right? So why bring a guy that's not going to be your first choice, yeah. right? Or your second choice, just because he's available. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry to say this, so... but I kind of have a feeling uh, we might see Mourinho at Benfica. I, Fuck. I, no, dude, I know, but hey, men. I... I just, Fuck. I just have an inkling. It's not that I want him. I don't. God damn it! I hope dude, not, I'm, man. I don't know. I hope not. I hope to. I just. I hope have, to God not, man. I just kind of have that feeling now with the way things are going at Roma. <sighs> I, and you know, come on, you know somebody like Clay Kosh is gonna. Oh, I, I don't know. I just have a feeling. I, I mean, I've been wrong about a lot of feelings, but I don't know, man. I kind of. I hope not, man. But but the stars are aligning, right? That's what I'm saying. The stars are aligning. I was reading today in a bullet that uh, he's meeting with the the, with the directive Mm -hmm. um, after everything that's that's going on. But uh, man, I hope not. And Nelson Carvalho, no, fuck fuck no, get out of here. Even Um, Dave saying he'd be crying for JJ back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, you know, man. it's just too many things seem to be like clicking in that direction. Yes. Because where else is he going to go? Yeah. I don't think anybody in the EPL wants him anymore. I think that every time Mourinho leaves a job, he loses a bit of his credibility because every time that he's, that he's lost a job is because of his inability to coach. Right, not so much that oh he's he's had clashes with the directive or he's had yeah. clashes with players or blah 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 or he's lost he's lost the locker room. It's just he's just not getting the results, man. He's not. I mean, brilliant yeah. minds, 
Yeah, at, uh, at in, in their point, own in their own right, right? At at some point, he, I mean, the guy, the guy won with shit at one point. You know, yeah. so the guy knows what he's doing, but I think the game, you know, there's a lot more speed, a lot more technicality in the game as opposed to the old school way of playing. Yeah, and I think he's still in that like get these, you know, these old guys, guys who know certain ways of playing. I don't know. I just kind of have that feeling. And what I meant, what I was, I was listening to a podcast and I heard something that, that was, that I thought it was, it was kind of funny and, and at the same time, um, true, right? There's a, a lot of the, the, the new Portuguese generation of coaches used both Mourinho and JJ as a frame of reference. And they used a lot of their work as their basis but they've kind of evolved into mm -hmm. a new way of thinking in terms of coaching. And those guys have kind of stayed in the same, in the same area and really haven't evolved. Um, and then they're also, when you look at them, they're also, both of them are very brash in terms of the way they, they approach their, their player. Um, it's not the first time we've heard players complain about how they were treated by Mourinho. Uh, classic case is Kevin De Bruyne, right? The way he was treated by Mourinho. Um, uh, Mo Salah, same thing, right? Yeah. When he was at, at Chelsea. So there's there's the, these things about those two guys. And, and man, I hope that Lucas doesn't get any any ideas. So uh, yeah, they're not they're not people. They're not a people person. No. You know, definitely they, not a. They're a not man one of those manager. people who are like they're not soft. Like they don't know how to take on. So like Bruno Lage knew how to incorporate youth because he knew how to work with the youth. Where JJ has no patience, you know, or no desire to do so. You know, I, I think that's the, I think that is the key with those two guys. I think you're absolutely right. They're two guys who are just you know old, stubborn, and just yeah, you know. Who's not um, willing to deal with it? If if, if you have a, a short list of three or four guys who are your your four guys me sir alex three. ferguson pep guardiola <laughs> can we bring Bella That's Guten a back? List, dude. can we bring Bella Guten back those are my three guys right there i i honestly don't really have anyone that i would that i think i really would want i mean i i'll probably get crucified but i would love lodge back i think lodge deserves I, I think he deserves more i know we'll never get him now with the work he's doing at wolves but um you know Leo Jardin would be okay. Uh, Mark Silva, somebody just said, I think would be okay. Um, I just don't – I mean, Ruben and Marie would obviously, you know, be the guy that I think most of us would want. You know, Dave Keith is just somebody who loves the club, somebody who clearly is showing that he knows what he's doing. You know, I get it, but I don't know. I mean, I really I, I really don't have any. Yeah. Pirlo, My, uh... people keep saying, I don't want Pirlo here. I don't. I yeah. don't think I, I I just can't. My uh my four guys uh, Jardim, uh, Jardim Fonseca, Gallardo and Gallardo from uh, from River. Yeah, and um, no, uh, Paiva, who is in Ecuador. Not Paiva, clearly. Not Paiva. Yes. Th yep. Those would be my my the four guys on my uh, on my short list. I think. Great shout out. I, I saw I saw Mark uh, Mark Silva being I don't know man I think that Mark Silva went down a couple a couple holes man 
he just hasn't had the success that everybody expected him to have in in England. Obviously, he's having success in the championship, uh, but that's the championship, man. That's the championship. Maybe Could have had the success in the championship, but maybe that'll be his forte. You know, maybe that maybe that's what he's destined for. Being yeah. the Vitor Oliveira of the championship, <laughs> it, it's it's quite possible. And if that's the case, promote you know teams every time. Find your find your niche and run with it. You know, maybe that's what he's made for. Some yeah. of those teams are very hungry. They want to get to the prem. Maybe they he's got a plan that is easy to buy into. Yeah, Nelson. Yeah, know. he does have a a contract um, that he, he's going to stay with. I'm talking about not Paiva, but he's he was at. Yeah, he was asked if Benfica or any big club in Portugal would come knocking if he would answer. And his 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 answer was yes, because every coach ambitions to coach a big team. So whether it was Benfica or Porto or Sporting, certainly that would have been in, in the cards for him. Um anyway, let's let's turn our attention here to Benfica's next home game. Uh, which is uh, Mourinis, which is the first game of the second round. Happens on Saturday, 6 p.m. local. Mourinis is currently 15th uh, away from Moreira de Konux. They're one win, three ties, and five losses. I believe they have the third worst attack when playing away from, from their field. Uh, in, the first, uh, in the first round of Primera Volta, Benfica won 2-1. Um, and uh, Timo, do you remember who scored the goals? I don't. No longer at the club. Walt Schmidt. Oh, Two goals from Walt Schmidt in the first game of the season. Um, and the, and the <sighs> Mureirense um, roster, Rodrigo Conceição, and uh, our favorite, Steven Vitoria. Well, everybody and, loves uh, Steven Vitoria. Yeah. Come on. Mr. Can't, Colgate. Can't, can't say a bad thing about him. <laughs> That's right. I won't allow anybody to say anything uh, bad about him. Um, we also have um, a new coach that's just taken over. Sapinto is the is the new coach uh, taking over for um, for Muradense, who I don't remember who the who the who the coach was now. But yeah, Sapinto has just taken over, and we all know uh, what Sapinto's history is of. Uh, with Benfica. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, Timo, would, would he, Flaco Dimus, Pizzi, Maite, and Yaramchuk would all be back uh, and be available. At least they were back in training uh, today. What do you What do you expect? Another 3-1, a 3-1 victory? You said it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you in there. But but I think that we're going to start shoring up the defense a little better under Verissimo. I can see that. Yeah. I might go 3 nothing. You might go three nothing. You you might make me change my bet. Three I'll nothing. Put it, I'll put it in right now. I'm going to uh, I'm going to write here three nothing for Timo, and I'm going to say I'm going to say three nothing also. If it's three to one, I'm going to be really pissed off because those, those are pretty good odds. <laughs> yeah, and Mudenes is in fifteenth place, so I mean, yeah. but again, with a new coach stepping in, you never know nope. how that affects the players and it's it could be a, da- a little bit of a dangerous bet timo but uh I, I don't think they have the ability to win but i think they'll have the ability to uh to play to compete with benfica but but because of benfica's 
fault, I got to say. Because a team like this has no reason to even be on the same level and compete in the same manner as us. But because of how Benfica has been this season, you look at every game as a challenge. No walks in the park. You said it. I mean, over the last, what, 18 games, we're 16-2-2 against them. Um, So, I mean, this should be easy. But, um, you know, over our last, geez, over the last five games against them, both teams have scored. So I might want to change to three to one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll leave it at three nothing. I think this is going to be the game that we get the, we get the shutout. Yeah, Carlos um, says three nothing. Bruno Rodriguez. I think it'll be yeah. an easy match. Bruno Rodriguez two nothing. Even Nunes two nothing. Nelson Carvalho five nothing. Well, Nelson é um mãos largas. <laughs> Pedro Oresta be ready to sweat it again on Saturday. <laughs> hey, uh, isn't that what we've be- become accustomed to in these past uh, few years? Sweating Oops. it out. Sweating out the CRF or the Macieta. God damn it, man. I wish it was I wish it was a lot easier than that. It's been it's been depressing, it's been torture. Um this Benfica that that we that we're forced that was- to watch. That was so desperately, I mean, so we desperately love, you know what I mean? I mean, oh. I wouldn't have them tattooed on my body if I didn't love them. Fucking shit, yeah. man. God damn it. Um, so now uh, turning our attention to uh, the, the the big event tomorrow. Um, Rui Costa Ooh. or Benfica has announced that uh, Rui Costa will uh, publicly speak uh, tomorrow. I think five, uh, I want to say uh let's say 5 p.m or or is it 10 o'clock uh their time um i i think it might be five our time here in the east coast of the u.s um i'm not really sure but i think that it's going to be 10 10 p.m or maybe 8 p.m is going to be prime time tv <laughs> what we don't know is whether uh if it's something that's going to be live or is something that's going to have been recorded i would hope it's live yeah, but I don't know. I'm trying to see that. Um, just yeah, I think it, it it might be. I want to say ten o'clock, man. So twenty two there. Twenty two is ten. Yeah. So so five here. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So easiest um, place to find any news on Benfica, Maz's page, <laughs> Maz's Twitter. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, what can we expect, Timo? What what do what do we expect from from this? I know that I haven't seen a bingo sheet yet. You know the bingo sheet mm-hmm. that they do for these yep. things. Yep. I always find those super entertaining. We should come up with our own right now and make it a drinking game <laughs> and see how long we last. But, um, um, you know, I've never doubted Rui Costa's love for Benfica. No, always a Benfica. You know, the man came back at the end of his career because he wanted to finish here. Maybe he had nowhere else to go either, but he wanted to be here. That's what he always said. You know, and, you know, I know the guy's put in a lot of work at Benfica since he's come back in the, you know, like an administrative role or whatever, you know, as a sporting director and now as president. My one criticism of this man is he's been here for how many years under the previous president? And... To say or to act like you never saw anything either makes you a liar or an accomplice. Or you're just an incompetent. Yeah. (laughs) So 
I I'm hoping this guy says the right stuff. Not that the other one didn't because sometimes he would. But I'm hoping what he says is not only the right stuff, but also what we need to hear. Yeah. Um, and obviously, most of all, I hope he sticks to it. Um, hope he proves me wrong because I doubt I, – I, I didn't vote for him. I'll throw it out there. I didn't vote for no. Blue Street Theater the last time either. Um, but he's the president. You know, you know, love him or hate him. Everybody hated Trump. Still have to support the president of the United States. Might like Biden, might hate Biden. Still got to support him. It's the same thing. You know, you need the leader. You, you have to respect them and hope that they do the right thing and hope that they succeed, not fail. Because yeah. if you're looking for them to fail, then ultimately you fail. So same thing's going to go for Corey Carson like it did for Louis Street Theater. I want him to succeed and I need him to succeed. But I don't think we're going to hear anything that we didn't hear before. Yeah. I think he's going to blow smoke up her ass like the last guy did. That's yeah, I just um, my, my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, you could you could sit here and 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 speculate on what he's going to be talking about, right? Uh, I mean, after all, uh, every single day there seems to be an article on the paper about these wiretaps and these media outlets having access to these wiretaps, and every day something new comes out. This guy was involved. They said this. This guy said that. They were caught on wiretaps doing that. So Vieta is actually being accused. And and look, you you can't separate Vieta from from Benfica because everything he did was while he was a president of the club. And when you make decisions on 55 transfers that he's being investigated for, somebody has to sign paperwork somebody has to Vieta just doesn't act on his own regardless of whether being the president or not and a lot of times he doesn't act anyway how right. often is it the president of the company that signs you know any checks at all right not always but you would think that Domingue Suarez Oliveira is the guy that controls our finances right exactly he might not know the real value of a player mm -hmm. right because Otherwise, you would question, well, why are we paying this much for the, yeah. for this player? He's yeah. not worth that much. Yeah. But certainly, Rui Costa is a guy that's been inside football. He would know whether we're overplaying talent. for a player or not. Yeah. Yeah. So it turns out that he, we were overpaying, the commissions were being pocketed, and then the commissions were being transferred into Vieta's accounts or whatever. As it turns out, is Vieta's daughter um, – has a, a a yearly salary of uh, thirty thousand something euros, oh, and you. no, no, of wow. whatever she does. Oh, and, and as it turns out, millions and millions of euros have gone through her bank account. There's records of her, of her bank account, like just money going wow. through there, like like crazy. But anyway, I'm 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 kind of I'm going on a tangent here, but. I'm 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 curious on whether or not he's going to address this, whether he's going to make the club um the official the official position of the club um on these investigations, right? And he's probably gonna say, Oh, uh, Benfica's gonna co cooperate with uh, with every intent of the law, blah, blah, blah. It, which is is expected, right? And, exactly. and why wouldn't you say that? But I think that it, it it's a moment that he 
that he has to win points with fans, I think. Uh, first of all, he, he, he announced back in when he got elected that there was uh, an audit being done, a forensic financial audit uh, that was being done internally and that the results would be available at the end of October. We have yet to see that the results of that audit. Maybe so, we'll see a PowerPoint. Uh, yeah, maybe we see a PowerPoint <laughs> with the results, right? It, it, which would be great. I would love that. Um <laughs> The other thing is, I think he's going to take a. I think he's going to take a, a position. He's going to make the club's position known in terms of what's going on with this whole investigation. Uh, I would, I would really like for him to come out and let the fans know what the plan is for this club in the mm -hmm. next two to three years. Yep. Give uh, us a five-year plan. Yeah, financially, player-wise, right? Maybe even aspiration-wise, you know, any other big projects. You know, yeah. he's going to give us that. He's going to give us something to make us happy. Yeah, because everything that's been done in these past two, three years, everything has been without a plan, without mm -hmm. a, a, a a route to go into. Everything has been reactive. Everything is going to be has been on top of the knee. The whole. The whole year again, JJ, because of the election, spending a hundred, a hundred million on on players. Nothing of this smells like that. There's a plan in place. Um, first, you know, you you let go JJ because you want to Vitoria to uh, take advantage of Sheshal, include more players. Then you got rid of him. You bought a guy that would more or less fall within that line. But then, as it turns out you kind of push that guy out with the help of the players, right? Because there was talks about, uh, Elijah also said, oh, uh, to the, to the journalist, he said, you guys are, are dying to see me out of here. I would like to know who's, who's paying you guys lunches, blah, blah, blah. So all of this happened. So I would really like for, for Rui Costa to come out and tell the flan, the, 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 the fans, this is my three year, five year plan for Benfica. And this is what we're, focused on on doing and have something concrete give the fans something not like this you know we 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 float with the way the wind blows yep. uh and for a club of the stature of Benfica this is something that can't happen so i don't know what do you think timo everything you said was perfect i mean i would <laughs> love to hear something out of him that you know shows us where we're going but Again, I mean, I, I think we're dealing with the same shit, just a different suit. Yeah. Do you feel that he's done enough to distance himself from Luis Fifiera? I think tomorrow will tell. Yeah. I think, uh, like, I think like tomorrow I... is what's going. I think that'll determine whether or not I believe that he could be the right man for the job. Yeah. And I think a big he has part a... is going to be distancing us from Vieta. And if yep. he does come out and say, hey, look, you know what? This is what the authorities are saying. You know, we're going to do like you said. You know, we're going to oblige by everything they need. You know, we're going to cooperate. We're going to give them everything they want to look at. And then, you know, when all is said and done, we'll know what happened. Um, you know, he's not going to throw him under the bus. I'm not expecting him to, and I don't know that I would want him to, um, unless he already knows, you know, unless the authorities have already said, hey, look, this is what's happened. Obviously, if 
the authorities had already told Befica, you know, it already be out because of you know all the journalists, yeah. all the all the journalists would already have it out there. Yeah, but, I uh, I think yeah, he just got he he needs to win me over. He still hasn't. Yeah, I I so think tomorrow that, is going to be big for him. Yeah, I I think that right now and, and now considering all the the wiretaps that have, that have come out and. and whether Rui Costa knew or not, at some point he knew he was having conversations with certain guys in regards to certain matters. So if Rui Costa is now learning that this took place and now it's connecting the dots in his head, I, I may give him the benefit yeah. of the doubt uh, for that, yeah. right? But I think that he has a, a really good opportunity to score points with the fans if he's he presents a plan, right? If the club takes a, a position in terms of the investigation, which the club should, mm-hmm. because regardless of, of whether it's one individual, it's still the club's monies. It's exactly. the sods in play, all of that. Uh, and I really, I, I really hope that he's a guy that I didn't vote for him like you, Timo, uh, or you didn't vote either for him. Obviously I didn't vote for him or I didn't vote for, for Benitez either. My, my vote was, was blank this past election just because mm-hmm. I felt there was no one that I could get behind of, but I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I said, just like you, he's a president. Now I'm not going to sit here and criticize the 83% that voted for him each freaking time that something bad happens. <laughs> right. I'm going to be, I'm, if I can't be supportive, then I'm just going to be quiet. Yeah. Um. Right. But certainly he has done a lot of things that kind of have confirmed the, the suspicion that I had in terms of um, supporting him as a president before the election. Uh, so I really hope that whatever he says wins points with, with the fans. Mm-hmm. And it's something that Benfica's not want to hear, but that need to hear, right? Because even Vieira, as you mentioned, said things that Benfica's wanted to hear but not necessarily what Pifikis needed to hear in mm-hmm. terms of, okay, leave me at peace. Okay, this is this is the way we're going to go. This is uh, what we're going to do in the next three, five years, and this is what we're going to be focused on doing. Fine. Let, let us believe it. Let us let us support it. And the plan is great. Let's do it. Let's, let's at least have some kind of a plan because ultimately that's how we're going to judge him also, right? Exactly. Because exactly. it wasn't the the forensic uh, audit <laughs> that we're going to judge him because he, he's he's short, he's been short on that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm curious I'm curious as to um, what he's going to come up with. Um, I Arresta says I think you guys hold a special podcast tomorrow night to discuss the RC10 speech with with the fans. Hey, I don't know. It's possible. It is possible, but. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching that, and I think every Benfica should be should be watching this, regardless of whether you believe um, in him or not. So I'll have to add it to the schedule. <laughs> five five p.m. That's a tough time, man. Either that, I'll just ask Maz for the cliff notes because I know she'll be watching it. Yeah, well, I, I might end up uh, watching it on on a replay sometime. For them in Portugal, it's ten o'clock. There's nothing going on, but five o'clock is that's the time you get out of work. That's the time kids get get home. You know, start preparing dinner. You know, I mean, how long like is it really going to be anyway? You know, I'm going to say thirty minutes. Okay. Um, the other thing that I'm curious about is whether it's going to be live or recorded. Uh, movie Did, so- Did somebody say live? I think. 
I yeah, I don't, I don't I know it's if, live. Yeah, I don't know if they announced it or not, but I'm curious. Uh, oh, yeah, somebody did say, oh, no, Carlos said do a live event. And that was for us, I think. No, I, I, was think... Looking on, I was looking on Twitter. Oh, on Twitter, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I heard some people question whether it's going to be live or, or something that's going to be I mean, be at recorded. that time, would it be? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. But uh, uh, or Servir o Benfica, rather, uh, posed, uh, I think, 10 questions that they would like for uh, for Rui Costa to answer. So if you guys uh, want to read that, that's in Portuguese. It's all over Twitter and all over um, the papers. Um, Timo, what else, man? What else What else you got, man? That's all, that's all I got. That's it. There's nothing else to discuss. Yeah. Yeah, as I mentioned, the Oliver transfer window. Yeah, the transfer window. Nothing going on that. right now. No, nothing. I, I think I think the fact that you know we made it out of the group stage kind of helped us. Not gonna have to yeah. sell anyone. Not gonna have to. Yeah. Um, I think we should. You know, well, for a bag of balls. Yeah, I think but that. Um, won't name won't name names. <laughs> I think that Carlos. I think that Verissimo has already said that uh, he's looking to uh, to shorten the squad. Um, I think that Jetson will be headed to uh, to Turkey. Galatasaray. Yeah, I think that's where he's. Uh, I, I think a uh, eighteen month loan, I believe. I I read. If we Arash is asking if Darwin's leaving. If if we could get fifty million for Darwin, I, I would take him to the airport, dude. So, I I said it on Twitter, and I don't care. You know, I I don't dislike Darwin. I don't dislike Odysseish. But if we can get fifty and thirty for them. Oh yeah. You take it and you run. I mean, you double up on your investment on on Darwin. And I get it that he has potential. You know, he could get better. He could improve. But, I mean, he's 22 years old. Uh, If your feet and your brain don't match (laughs) at 22, they're not going to match at 25. Um, You know, I think the guy could be lethal. Just nothing translates for the guy. Yeah. Um, Odysseus. Love the guy. He saved Benfica countless times. Um, you know, it was really cool to my son in New Jersey. We have his uh, a, like $200 pair of goalie gloves that he threw at my son. You know, was cool with him at the hotel. So that was fun and all. And, you know, gen- general, genuinely, excuse me, nice guy. But um, he's not what we need. I mean, he doesn't give me confidence back there. And, I mean, I'm not – I mean, I'm old. So I don't want to say I'm a good goalie. I mean, I'm old. But, I mean – I know how to play the position and anytime you have a professional who can't catch a single cross. <laughs> yeah. It, that's alarming to me. Yeah, He punches everything and a lot of people, Oh, but he's getting it out of danger. I'm like, when you punch the ball, you're a I possession. would say with him, usually you're giving it right back to the opponent. Yeah. Yep. Because you're just punching it out of your box, which is usually where you have most of your guys. Yeah. So I'm like, you're not helping your team's cause there. Um, you know, not to harp on a different player, but the kid who uh, played against Porto, uh, Thiago da Silva, I think, for Estrela. Holy crap, the kid was phenomenal. Could yeah. catch the ball, you know, commanded his box, came yeah. off his line. Like, that's the kind of player you need. You need somebody who's not afraid to attack the ball when you're in goal. We don't have a single goalie that does that. Svilar, yes. The two other kids, Kokubu and uh, Samuel. Is it Samuel? Yeah. Samuel. Those guys, Samu, Samu. 
those okay, they catch the ball more than the senior guys, but I don't know, man. Somebody want to give me thirty million for a guy who can't distribute the ball and can't catch across? Peace. Yeah, no, say. you're right. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about that kid from Sturil, man. Uh, I've heard that's not the first yeah, time that I've heard on, about him. The one I just said, right, Thiago da Silva. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, it's not the first time that I that I've heard about him that he was that he showed young, some promise. Young Brazilian, like 21, 22, I think. Yeah. João Ricardo Areia is saying Galatasaray coach was fired. Not sure if they want Jetson oh, anymore. Right. That, well, that that's true. That could yeah. be that could be a little bit of a monkey wrench. I, I here's the thing, man. I think that um, Jetson has enough credit with Galatasaray mm-hmm. that they would that they would want them. That's that's what I think. I think so. Uh, he, Jetson tweeted also, or or there was a post on Instagram thanking um, was it Fatih Terim? The, yep, the guy? yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know what happens to Jetson, but certainly is um, I think that we need we need a shorter squad. Uh, and look, if we have problems, then then go to the B team that Nelson knows. Yeah. So. I mean, who else do you get rid of at this point to lessen your squad? I mean, I know the guys that Fairhoe. most people want to get. Fellow would be one, um, but you got to keep them right now because you don't have Verissimo. Yeah, that's true. Does, when does Verissimo come back? Not, uh, it I might, might be done for the right? season. Yeah, might that's be done. what I thought, right? Yeah, so no, no Verissimo, so you have to keep Ferro because you have no one else to, to go there. I know yeah, well, you got Juan Rouge. Tomas, Tomas Rouge. Tomas, Tomas. You have him. You, you might tap into him just uh, just to have him as a yeah. as a last resort. Um, yeah. I, I just don't think it's doing any good for Ferro, but then – all the choices that he's made in terms of the teams that he's gone to on loan have not done anything for him either. He needs to go to a Morerense, for example, or he needs to go to a we team, to a mid to low guys. table. Yeah, we need to stop sending these guys that are like yeah. top five, six, you know, clubs in different yeah. leagues. They got to go to smaller teams and play. Yeah. I mean, heck, I, I don't want to say go to the MLS, some of these guys, but some of these guys would probably find some decent success here in the MLS. Yeah, um, the, the problem is that limitation that we have that we can't loan. We, I think is it three players that we can loan. Period. To uh, in to the first the league to the yep. first league. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, there's so there's many come to mind there. that we could get rid of. No, yeah. I mean we know that we know that PZ Almeida. Most people would say Tarapt. Um, you could go with Maite. Maite. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I would sell Darwin. I would sell Odisej. I would get rid of Helton. Um, I would have said Gilberto, but let me tell you, if there's one guy who shows more heart in 90 minutes than Gilberto on Benfica, is there? No. No. That guy has completely changed the way he plays for Benfica. He looks better. I mean, he looks like he's actually playing. Oh, get rid of Gilberto Gonçalves. I would too. I like Lazaro, and Lazaro can play both sides. Yeah, here's another, here's another guy that... uh. The guy's been a winger all his life. All of a sudden, JJ arrives. He's a freaking yeah. right back. Yeah. Right, he's another kid that just had success in, in places that he went, but now all of a sudden he's a right back. Um, some of these guys, that's what they need. They need to go to you know smaller leagues, or yeah. you know, not hold out to go play for like Valencia. You know, like you said with Fel. I mean, I don't think that's why he went there. I think that was kind of a Benfica Valencia. That's type what they of had, agreement, you know. Um, but like. Look at Jota over at Celtic. 
You know, yeah. that's one play I would love to have back right now. We're not going to get him back. Yeah, forget he's, it. He's gone. He, I think somebody already said they're locking him up and he's going to accept it. Yeah, they're locking so, him up. I mean, hey, and you good know for him, man. Totally. You know, if you're not going to get a chance at, at Befico or if you don't capitalize here, if you go somewhere else and you finally make everything work for yourself, maybe that's the right fit. Just stay there. But I think he'll be at a bigger club than Celtic soon. Not oh, Celtic, yeah. Like a small club, but, but, but you know Celtic... what I mean, a bigger league. Yeah, but Celtic has to understand that he just returned to training because he had an hamstring injury, yeah. just returned to training. If he has a very good second half, there's no reason why he's not picked up by a club in the Prem. Yeah. Easily. And yeah. Celtic will more than double their $7.5 mil- million investment. Yep. Easily. Yep. Easily. I could see but him. It's, could it's see one him of those things, man. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's it's one of yeah. those things, especially with Barcelona wanting three comeback. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I didn't see that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, because they can't buy anybody. And they have no one else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, how the money have fallen. Yeah. So that's it, man. Um, next week, we'll be back. We'll recap this uh, Mourinho's game, and we'll look ahead to... I forget uh, who Benfica's playing. I was... Oroka. No, if it's Af- oh Aroka. Af- there, there you go. Yep. We'll look at it. So we got thank you to all the the Freddies who were who were hanging out, man, and keeping us company and uh active in the chat. Always love you guys. Stay safe. Uh thank you, team, for, for coming in. Thanks um, for the invite. Like and, always. and again, the uh, Olive Dave the Oliveira was in the comments, but the other Oliveira wasn't here. But hey, a Carvalho is always stronger than an Oliveira, so I'll take that every day. Take care, everyone. See ya.